It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. Welcome on into the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Today's show presented by our friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. They take care of their folks. They take care of their local clients and customers. Use promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. And also thank you to FetchMe for sponsoring the Locked On Auburn Podcast Awards. Great response from uh, from those folks uh, that, that tuned in. And uh, I know folks are super appreciative of Fetch Me presenting those to you. And once again, I, I think it's so important how locally focused they are as far as getting involved with the community, getting involved with things like the Beat Bama Food Drive every year when that rolls around. That goes a long way, and people hold on to that. So once again, promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free, and that is through FetchMeDelivery.com or the free FetchMe um FetchMeDelivery.com or the free Fetch Me app. Sorry. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Uh, I'm Zach Blackerby, joined by Michael Pappas of ESPN 106.7 this morning. What's up, bud? I'm great this morning, Zach. How are you? I'm good, bud. I'm good. So we'll uh, we'll touch on Auburn basketball, their first win without Isaac Okoro. Um, that's what a lot of people are running with as the main storyline from Saturday. I don't think that's the main storyline from Saturday, so we will chat about that uh, in just a bit. I want to start things off talking a little football. So you look at Auburn guys, or really former Auburn guys, that are going to be in the NFL scouting combine throughout the week that technically got going yesterday. I think they're doing a lot of pre-drill stuff there. But you look at the guys that are there. Marlon Davidson, of course, defensive end. Cornerback Noah Igbenogany. Offensive tackle Prince Tego Winogo, defensive back Daniel Thomas, defensive lineman Derek Brown, Nick Coe listed as a linebacker, cornerback Javaris Davis, offensive lineman Jack Driscoll, and punter Aaron Sippos. Tega is there, but he will not do drills due to his knee. So you look at a couple of the, I guess you could say snubs, especially with Jeremiah Denson. I think it's interesting that Daniel Thomas will be there, but not. Uh, Jeremiah Denson, as he was kind of seen as you know the the dog, as mm-hmm. Trevon Reed said when he was on the show, he's kind of the dog of the group. Um, no Will Hastings. I think a lot of NFL guys were very interested in what Will Hastings brought to the table. At least um, a few years ago, I think that knee injury really set him back, and that's a shame. And uh, no Cam Martin, which I think is interesting when uh, when you look at his skill set, and especially with the combine. I mean, so much focus is on. The 40-yard dash, which is stupid, but there is a lot of focus on that, and Cam Martin would do very well at that. So I'm kind of kind of a little uh, bummed that we're not going to see Cam Martin there. But my thing with all of this is, yeah, I know all these guys have left the program, and Auburn does a good job of caring, caring about it, the, the players after they leave. But throughout Malzahn's tenure as head coach at Auburn, 
I think there's been two resounding points that the anti-Gus crowd has been throwing at him since day one. One is his stubbornness in controlling the offense. It certainly looks like this offseason, that has been addressed. Bringing in Chad Morris. I think, uh, I think Gus Malzahn is, is actually okay giving the reins to Chad Morris as far as calling the plays. They'll both be involved, obviously. We've talked about that a ton. We'll continue to talk about it all summer. But we'll have to wait and see. But for the meantime, it looks like that point has kind of been addressed. The other is development. Can you go to Auburn and leave a significantly better player than when you got there? And I think when you look at what Auburn did in the NFL draft last year to those nine guys that are going to be at the Combine this week, as well as some other guys that that I think are going to get a chance on NFL rosters, I don't think you can be anti-Gus, but I don't think you can say that development is the issue at Auburn anymore. I totally agree. I mean, even if you take out the NFL portion of it and you just look at how much better so many of those guys that you just listed got from the time they got to Auburn to the time they left. Yeah. And even Marlon Davidson. I mean, yes, he was a a day one starter basically sure. when he got here. But, I, I mean, I would be hard-pressed to find anyone that wasn't like, oh, yeah, Marlon Davidson as a senior was way better than he was as a freshman. Yeah, I mean, Marlon Davidson was a, I mean, he was a freak from day one. I remember standing in uh, the media availability in the opening um, – opening viewing window practice for spring that year and there were all the freshmen were standing on the sidelines watching except for Marlon Davidson and like they made an exception to him and he started day one and he was incredible but yeah you're right you're right and he took a step back last year but I mean the season that just wrapped up I mean he he was incredible he was absolutely incredible, and so and we're gonna we're gonna see. Uh, I think we're gonna see that development continue with a bunch of these guys. Well, even the other guys on this list, like Prince Tega, came to Auburn as a defensive lineman, <laughs> sure, and now he's gonna get drafted as an offensive lineman. Daniel Thomas was one of the last guys in Auburn's class. He was like the twenty fourth or twenty fifth guy in a signing class, and now he's at the NFL scouting combine. Yeah, Noah Igbenogany came in as a wide receiver, sure. and he was in. I think it was Kuiper's first round. Yeah. It, 2.0 or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, this is, yeah, I'm totally with you, Zach. I don't think that you can really say that he doesn't, I guess his. it's more his staff than him, but that his staff doesn't But he hires these guys. Now, that is yes. something I've said about Miles on, even when I was frustrated with what he was doing on the field, is you look at him and say, he is really good at putting his staff together. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there are still things that he needs to improve on. I'm sure he'd be the first to tell you that, but... I don't think the the D word, development, I don't think that's what you need to throw at his face anymore. I, I really don't. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as guys getting drafted this year, Marlon's going to get drafted. Noah's going to get drafted. Tega's going to get drafted. Daniel Thomas has a real chance to be a day three guy. I think Derek Brown will get drafted. What do you think? Probably, yeah. I mean, he's definitely the biggest question mark on <laughs> right. there. Uh, Nick Coe will get drafted. Javaris Davis will get drafted. Sipos has a chance. Sipos, excuse me. Jack Driscoll has a chance. Um, I think Denson has a chance. Hastings may get a shot somewhere uh, as an undrafted guy. Same with Cam Martin. So you just look at this team. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent going through Auburn right now. Then you can even look and kind of project the next class that's going to leave Auburn. 
And there's plenty of guys on there that you look at and like, all right, well, they're going to have a chance at the next level. We know all these defensive backs that, that are about to prove themselves. There's going to be a few of those that explode on the scene throughout the conference and they get the catch the eye of scouts as well as this talented linebacking group that Auburn's going to have next year. Seth Williams is probably going to leave early. You know, can he be a top two round guy? Possibly. So, uh, yeah, development's not the word that I think anti-Malzon people can throw out anymore. I think I've made that point good today. I yeah, you, I have. I had not thought about this for a single second until you started talking about it today, and I can now say that I'm completely on your side, Sweet. on the side you've been arguing. Fantastic. So I am convinced. If you want to get on him for, you know, having multiple timeouts and a, a future NFL quarterback in the Iron Bowl and you got him on the ropes and you, you kneel it and run out the clock, you can hit him for that. You can absolutely hit him for that, but not the development. Not the development at all. The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's talk a little bit about basketball. Shall we? Little round ball? Little, little shooty hoops? Little round ball action. Auburn taking down Tennessee 73-66. to They erased uh, a 17-point deficit. Cover the spread. How about that? You would have never thought that when they were down 17. That's crazy. Uh, still the second team in the conference uh, behind Kentucky, of course. And they're probably going to stay there for the rest of the season. I don't think Kentucky's going to have this massive collapse. And I don't think Auburn's going to have this crazy surge. I think when you look at the teams that they play left, I think they beat Ole Miss. I think they lose on the road to Kentucky. I think they've got a chance. And they should beat A&M. And I think they beat Tennessee on the road. I think they wrap up 3-1. and one. And so that puts them with five losses on the year as the two seed going into the SEC tournament. And I think if you were offered that at the beginning of the season, I think every Auburn fan would have said, yes, please, and thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think there probably would have been a little, ah, we're not going to win the SEC regular season, darn. But at the end of the day, that's still a great season. I don't I don't disagree with, with anything that you're saying, Zach, but I do think it's worth talking about just from a uh, a hope perspective, I guess, it all comes down to that game in Rupp on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Because if Auburn wins that game at Rupp, Auburn fans need Kentucky, or Auburn, the team, needs Kentucky to lose one game. And Kentucky's schedule here down the stretch is not an easy one. I mean, they go to Texas A&M. I know, I know. But Texas A&M has been playing way better lately, and they have the best defense in the conference. Lately, Buzz is a great name as well. And a great coach. Yeah, he's I, killing it. Personally, I think Buzz Williams should be your coach of the year in the SEC. Oh, yeah? They've got like eight or nine conference wins. Mm-hmm. And they just beat Mississippi State. Uh, so they go two at Texas A&M. They host Auburn. They host Tennessee. And then they end the season in Gainesville against a Florida team. That is tough. Yeah. That's a tough four-game stretch. So this game on Saturday... In Rupp, assuming Auburn doesn't lose to Ole Miss on Tuesday, sure, is an absolutely massive game. Mm-hmm. And obviously it was already, but if Auburn has any hope of wanting to win that regular season SEC title, 
it's rough on Saturday. Cause so, all, so just to clarify here, because I haven't looked at the standings super close, just because I kind of assume Auburn's going to finish second in the in the conference. But in order for them to get first and and to get that number one seed in the SEC tournament, Auburn needs to win out. So obviously that would be one loss for Kentucky. Then Kentucky just needs to lose one more. Is Correct. It, is that all that it takes? Yeah. And then I think technically they'd be tied, but Auburn would have beaten them twice. Yeah, Auburn would be the one seed, but they would still split the SEC regular season title. But like like we said on the show several times, like that happened with Tennessee two years ago, mm-hmm. and your your co champions, even though Auburn beat Tennessee on the road that year, that is just so dumb. But that's the rule. That's the rule, and I assume that would still be the case if they played twice and Auburn won twice. But I think everyone would know. Yeah. And, it's, and, you know, when the banner is hanging in Auburn Arena, the people who were around then will remember. But I don't really think anyone cares. That's true. Like, it doesn't – like, no one's going to go look at that, what was it, 2017, 2018? The 2018 banner and be like, ah, well, it was co-champions. Yeah. Like, no, no one cares. So yeah. You're right. It Yeah, so watch Kentucky games, root for whomstever they're playing – yeah, there's a chance. That is a tough run. Of course, yeah. Auburn Auburn hosts A&M, which will not mm-hmm. be uh, – that's not going to be easy either. And then going to Knoxville is not going to be easy, especially based on what we watched on Saturday. Yes, that is correct. It is worth noting that A&M cannot score points on the road. Um, it's a, basically a team full of role players, So, and we know that role players – shoot worse on the road than they do at home. I mean, uh-huh. especially Auburn fans know that this season. And so Auburn has a much easier run than Kentucky does, especially since Kentucky has to go to Gainesville the last week of the season. If you're an Auburn but fan. But Kentucky gets Auburn at home. That's that's the yeah, big thing. That's the big that's thing. That's the big thing if, is that's in Rupp. Yeah. You're circling this Saturday. You're circling March 7th. And that's that's what it is for Auburn fans. It all starts on Saturday. Well, really it all starts on Tuesday because you can't lose to – Bree and Tyree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, so the big storyline that I've seen everywhere, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it because I think it's kind of obvious, is, okay, it's, uh, it's great that Auburn, they found a way to win without their best player. They won without Isaac Okoro. Obviously, that is fantastic if you're an Auburn Tigers fan. But to me, to me, the biggest takeaway from Saturday's game is, is I think Auburn has now I think is legitimate. I think it's cemented that Auburn has two solid threats coming off the bench. One, I mean, I, I think I think Devin Cambridge, I think it's it's okay to now start looking at him as not a freshman. I mean, that guy looks less and less like a freshman every time I see him. And he'll have nights where he'll come in and he will not shoot it well, and that's okay. He just looks a lot less clunky than he mm-hmm. did at the start of the year. He looks a lot more comfortable out there. I think he's playing a lot more loose. I think his defense is fine. I don't think it's great. I think it's fine. And he, he's just a guy like I don't think the play drops off a whole lot when he's on the court. So I think that is huge. It's just been a gradual process. But now you just look at Devin Cambridge and you're like, why is he not on the floor more? And then another guy that, that really surprised me, I think Jalen Williams is ready to be like a legit part of of the rotation. I mean, he he just like, he blew me away on Saturday. And the big thing is, is you see guys that have these big bodies and these big frames. It's going to sound weird to say, but I, I've talked about this before with Austin Wiley early on in his career at Auburn. But these big guys, like it is tough to get into the mental space where it is okay to dominate another human being. 
Like it is hard to mm-hmm. like, even if you have the physical capacity to dominate another human, it's hard to do it mentally and emotionally and say like, okay, I, I don't care about you for the next few minutes. Like, sorry about that. He didn't care. And to me, that says a whole lot about like, okay, that's the kind of guy that you want fighting for you on the court. And I think with what he did on Saturday, I mean, to me, I wasn't expecting that much and to have this thoughts toward Jalen Williams until next year. But holy cow, he was incredible on Saturday. I agree. He played very well. I actually think that this little three-game stretch without Isaac Okoro could end up being a little bit of a blessing for Auburn. We'll see. It's starting to look that way, isn't it? Sort of, yeah. And just from the standpoint of, you're right, Cambridge looks more comfortable. Flanagan looks more aggressive. Which yeah. he, he, I still want more out of him, mm-hmm. and it's clear the coaching staff sees it or they wouldn't be starting him. Um, but yeah, uh, does he look more aggressive? Yes, I agree with you. Uh, which I think Matt, I, I do think matters, and yeah, and obviously Jalen Williams was not getting any minutes this season, and then they're kind of forced to play him, and it seems like he has risen to the challenge to say the least. Uh, so rocking the short shorts, <laughs> sure. The big thing for me in this game, how long are they going to still start D'Angelo Purifoy? I don't know. Because, I mean, we can go and look back the whole season. He's your best free throw shooter, statistically. What else does he give you? That's my thing. He gives you some size on defense. And and he's become a much, much better defender. I don't want to make it seem like I think that D'Angelo Purifoy is... A bad player. I don't. But I I was talking about this with Justin Ferguson when he joined the show last week. And a big thing that we talked about was the whole team is really bought into attacking the basket. Except not really D'Angelo Purifoy. And he wants to be a shooter so bad. And, you know, he, he has the body to be kind of the guy who attacked the basket. Like, he's physically able to do it. But you just haven't really seen him buy into that like a lot of the other guys have. Um... I'm I'm with you, and I don't want to be super hard on D'Angelo here because I think he's done a lot as far as changing the culture in this program, and so that may be part of it. Is like Bruce Pearl just kind of giving him a nod and you know that senior leadership. But with what I saw from Williams on Saturday, I want that dude on the court as much as humanly possible. I, well, he blew me away, man. Well, one of the things that I was really impressed with from Bruce Pearl is there is at one point D'Angelo had uh, Jalen Johnson like wide open under the basket on a great play that Auburn ran, and D'Angelo just like threw it out of bounds. And Bruce immediately, like on that baseline out of bounds, took D'Angelo out. And you talk about G- Jamal, right? Jamal Johnson? Oh, yeah, yeah. sorry. I was making sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he takes D'Angelo out and puts Jalen in, and I was at uh, Aricha Cucino with Painter. Yeah, you're filling in for me on, uh, after the game. Yeah, and I looked at Painter, and I was like, I love that. That Bruce is like, I don't care if you are a senior and the next guy on the bench is a freshman who has played in two games in his life. If you are going to be lazy and not move your feet and just loft the ball out of bounds, I'm going to put in the freshman who's going to bust his butt yeah. on this court for me and for these guys on the team. Right. And, and Bruce has had a, quite a few issues with Dan Joe throughout the season. I mean, he's chewed him out live on the court. A couple times that I can remember, and yeah, 
Again, I don't want to make it seem like I have something against Angel Purify. I really don't. I just feel like you've got three guys who, when Isaac Okoro comes back, have a very good case, should be starting instead of D'Angelo Purifoy, who are all just as big as he is also. I mean... Yeah, if the big thing he offers is size, like, you, you need more than that at this point. You know, when D'Angelo first arrived at Auburn, that was enough because just there wasn't as many... There's a lot of athletes. There weren't really basketball players. Now, now Auburn's got 10 to 11 true basketball players where you're just like, gosh, how do you play all of these guys? And... D'Angelo, we know, is a very capable scorer. When he was a true freshman, he went for 28 in one game. Did it back-to-back games. Yeah, sure. And, like, now it's, you know, he's good for, what, four three-pointers a game? And he might get fouled once or twice? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Like, that's that's upside, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, taking four three-pointers. Not oh, even gotcha. making three He, I don't know if he's made four three-pointers in a game this season. He ha- he's had a few where he was hot, but yeah, no, you're you're, you're exactly and right. And on Saturday, so. I think he was 0 of 7 from the field, 0 of 5 from 3, if I'm remembering correctly, without the stats in front of me. It's not like, good. That's not, yeah. you can't have a, a starter go over. Yeah. Also, does it concern you at all that Samir Dowdy, in the midst of his you know 22 points, very, very good game, was 4 of 11 from inside the three-point arc? Um, that is something I talk about a lot with Samir. Yeah, I, I feel you. I mean, he's not an efficient scorer by any means, but he plays good defense, and he, it appears to me he is the leader of this team. So let him do what he wants. It's clear that Bruce Pearl's given him the green light for it. So where can people find you and hear you, friend? Follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato and, and tune in to Free Money Friday every day. Uh, on the ESPN 1067 Twitter account at 3 p.m. Fantastic. I am on Twitter at Z Blackerby. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.